From the heart of the Carolinas, a voice in the wilderness, a thought-provoking broadcast in a world of ignorant nonsense. But some people without brains do an awful lot of talking, don't they? Yes, I guess you're right. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. And good morning. Welcome to the broadcast. The start of another broadcast week. Hope you had a great weekend. And you are now ready to dig in for another week of work and other activities that I hope are profitable for you in every way. I want to begin today by contrasting big government and its priorities its priorities of taking care of people outside of America. And by contrast, how Americans in crisis are being treated. It's a very, very important issue. By now, you've probably heard that President Biden has made a surprise, surprise visit to Kiev in Ukraine and had a meeting with President Zelensky. The idea here to show support for that country's fight against Russia. He arrived early this morning, just ahead of the one-year anniversary of Russia's invasion of the country. Which reminds me, I need to bring back that audio of the man who predicted, oh, this is going to be over in just a few weeks. All of this talk about Russia and the possibility of them resisting is just pure nonsense. <laughs> Here we are approaching a year and the Russians still have not finished the job. But I digress. Biden delivered remarks and met with President Zelensky at the main palace to announce an additional, are you ready for this, folks? Half billion dollars in U.S. assistance. Who approved this? I assume this is part of the discretionary authority of the president. Half a billion dollars. Just ready to throw around to other countries. And this is not a commentary at all. On the situation in Ukraine, this is <laughs> just kind of an incredulous reaction to how cavalier presidents are engaging in such behavior. By the way, the new assistants include shells for howitzers, anti-tank missiles, air surveillance radars, another aid. But no new advanced weaponry. This is the first time Biden has traveled to Ukraine since Russia launched the invasion about a year ago. Also expected to visit Poland to mark the one-year anniversary since the war began, but instead embarked on a nearly 10-hour train ride from the Polish border to visit Ukraine's capital. Biden saying he visited Ukraine to meet with Zelensky and reaffirm our unwavering and unflagging commitment to Ukraine's democracy, sovereignty, and territorial integrity. Is your head ready to explode yet? 
How about the territorial integrity of the United States of America, Mr. Magoo? This is mind-boggling. Then again, it's not. So let this country, the United States of America, go down the crapper, and we're going to go clear over to the other side of the world to try to save some other country. Territorial integrity. Give me a freaking break. So what's going on at our border? Which, if I remember correctly, you've done nothing to ensure the territorial integrity of your country. That is the country that you swore to uphold its constitution. Not Ukraine. Biden goes on to say the Russian president, Vladimir Putin, was dead wrong in believing Ukraine was weak when he launched his invasion a year ago. I'm meeting with President Zelensky and his team for an extended discussion on our support for Ukraine. I will announce another delivery of critical equipment, including artillery, ammunition, anti-armor systems, and air surveillance radars to help protect the Ukrainian people from aerial bombardments. And I will share that later this week. We'll announce additional sanctions against elites and companies that are trying to evade or backfill Russia's war machine. (laughs) This is incredible. And he continued, over the last year, the United States has built a coalition of nations from the Atlantic to the Pacific to help defend Ukraine with unprecedented military, economic, and humanitarian support. And that support will endure. Is this not wonderful? Now, again, I'm not taking any position here on Ukraine and what I'm saying. I do raise the question as to whether our priorities are completely out of whack. How about the suffering here at home? How about the open border here at home? How about the crisis? In one town in Ohio right now. That really begs for attention and assistance. But no. We're going to go clear around the world to escalate a situation that, frankly, we are not a part of. We've inserted ourselves into this. And I've said plenty of times, we need a vigorous debate about this in Congress. It's not acceptable to me for a president to just continue to throw money and potentially escalate our engagement in a war that's not ours. That's the problem. In addition to all the money we've already sent, an additional half billion dollars. It's kind of crazy, isn't it? And where are we getting this money from? Where are we? Is this why you go to work and bust your rear end so you can throw it away into a conflict on the other side of the world? Is this what your tax dollars are supposed to be for? Or better yet, your children and your grandchildren's tax dollars, which might pay for this 
down the road because because we are not a country that's paying as it goes. Our debt is increasing, as we talked about significantly last week. Still to come in the broadcast, we will talk about what is happening right here at home. The crises in one town in Ohio, new developments on that story. And I'll kind of put these two together just to magnify the perspective here about how we are ignoring the very needs in our own country to try to save another country. We need to do some serious self-examination. Wouldn't you agree? I'd love to get your thoughts as we continue. Stay with us. Begin here. Good morning. Happy Monday. Joe Biden is in Ukraine, and I heard so much money he's going to give to this country, Vince. What about Ohio? This is a serious problem in this country, not to mention hunger experienced by our children. Place to stay. I think this is indeed the worst president we've ever had. Very sad and scary. That's from Gigi. This texture would like to know the name of the book I mentioned on Friday between 11.30 and noon. Actually, I do. I do not remember the name of the book, which one I was making reference to. You need to give me more description because I mentioned several books recently. So I'll be glad to tell you. Also on the text line, let me get this straight. Donald Trump couldn't go to the Capitol January 6th because it was unsafe, but yet Mr. Magoo can go all across the world to a war zone. This country is so freaking jacked up. Chris, out of Shelby, you are absolutely correct. Biden crime families and groups with China and the establishment in Washington, D.C. is corrupt. The USA is dying quickly. No one in position to fix it cares. Glad I'm at the end of my years. E. Israel has no debt, but we give them $3.3 billion a year. They're on the other side of the world. If they're invaded, we'd be there regardless of the cost, even though the government is evil and corrupt. The hypocrisy. It's kind of silly, isn't it? What we are doing. But clearly, these are people with other priorities. That's what's going on here. So let's talk about what our wonderful wonderful government is doing right here at home. A couple of stories to bring to your attention. We have the texture who's right on the money talking about East Palestine. We talked about this last week and the train incident that occurred. We have a couple of nice little treats for you, beginning with this one. The Columbus Dispatch Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg warns Norfolk Southern to support East Palestine. Oh, isn't it wonderful? 
He sent out a letter on Sunday to the CEO of Norfolk Southern, warning the freight rail company must demonstrate unequivocal support for the people of East Palestine, Ohio, and surrounding areas after a fiery train derailment led to the release of chemicals and residents expressed concerns about their health. So let me get this straight. You are giving this company, this private company, orders on what to do. What the hell are you doing? What are you doing? It, it just blows my mind. Now, I'm not at all talking about the idea that this railroad should not take responsibility. They need to. I'm all for that. But rather than pointing the finger at this private company, look in the freaking mirror. Because you, sir, are not doing what you should be doing. I mean, this, the virtue signaling in this is just disgusting. Norfolk Southern must live up to its commitment to make residents whole and must live up to its obligation to do whatever it takes to stop putting communities such as East Palestine at risk. This is the right time for Norfolk Southern to take a leadership position within the rail industry, shifting to a posture that focuses on supporting, not thwarting efforts to raise the standard of U.S. rail safety regulation. What a moron. This really is disgusting. Here's what I'm saying. I'm not even questioning the content of what he's saying. But if you're going to go and you're going to make statements like this, you need to get your own ass there and make it very clear your unequivocal support for the people of East Palestine, Palestine, yourself. Get there yourself. And do something productive. Otherwise, it again reminds us of why we probably don't need this department, do we? What's the point? Ohio Governor Mike DeWine said on Friday the chemicals that spilled into the Ohio River are no longer a risk. Even as people in the community say they have constant headaches and irritated eyes, the state plans to open a medical clinic in the village of 4700 to analyze their symptoms, despite repeated statements that air and water testing has shown no signs of contaminants. Still, there's uncertainty about the consequences of the derailment that occurred two weeks ago. Peter DiCarlo, a professor of environmental health and engineering at Johns Hopkins University, told ABC News on Sunday more testing is needed to determine which chemicals are present. He said, we just don't have the information we need to understand what chemicals may be present. We know it started as vinyl chloride, but as soon as you burn that all bets are off. You have a lot of chemical byproducts that can happen from a combustion process like that asked if he would move back to East Palestine if he were already living there. DiCarlo said, I have two little boys. I would not. Folks, this is a professor of environmental health and engineering. Are you going to listen to him? Or are you going to listen to some pointed-headed politician? The Norfolk Southern CEO, Alan Shaw, issued a statement on Saturday that he returned to East Palestine to meet with local leaders, first responders, and a group of Norfolk Southern employees who live in the area. In every conversation, I shared how deeply sorry I am this happened 
to their home. The Atlanta-based company has created a website with updates. NSMakingItRight.com The Transportation Secretary's letter came across as a stern warning, saying it's imperative your company be unambiguous and forthright in its commitment to take care of the residents now and in the future. I just, this is so nauseating. And something else about the company, Norfolk Southern. This report, Norfolk Southern says they accidentally asked East Palestine residents to sign legal waivers as a condition of contamination tests. Accident, how do you accidentally do something so egregious? It was actually the new senator, J.D. Vance. He was asked about residents being required to sign these indemnity waivers, releasing Norfolk Southern Railway from legal liability as a requirement of having their water and air tests conducted on their property. He said he talked to a resident about it, then reviewed the contract to confirm the indemnity demand and immediately called Norfolk Southern officials and asked them about it. The response was, it was accidentally presented. Really? Does anybody really believe these waivers were accidentally presented to the residents? This was, this is purely calculated. Just absolutely crazy, isn't it? Stay with us. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. If you'd like to join the conversation, call Vince on the GS Plumbing Talk Line at 800-928-1110. That's 800-928-1110. Or text the Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line at 71307. Now, back to Vince. Back on the broadcast... Over on the text line, let's say we begin here. The multi-billion dollar Southern Railroad Company caused the chemical spill. Lobby the Trump administration to strap the safety regulations. They must pay to make it right, even if it bankrupts them. They only want socialism when it's good for them. So the news reporting President Biden promising another half billion dollars of our taxes to Ukraine. Does the president have the authority to do that without congressional approval? Vince, people are morons when they talk and say nothing. You and I excluded. Our politicians are there to enforce the Constitution, not shift responsibility to everyone else. There are plenty of laws to hold guilty parties accountable if enforced. Dean, you are so correct. Vince, by the time East Palestine is resolved, the attorneys will be the richest men in the room, guaranteed. Isn't that sadly true? There are government regulatory agencies and Norfolk Southern officials who have some criminal and or legal liability. If the truth were known about what caused the rail accident in East Palestine, the reason they decided to set fires the crash site is to burn all the evidence. Going forward, the government and media 
will be about as interested in covering what really caused it as it was into looking the origins of COVID. Anyone who asks questions or presents theories on any social media outlet will be labeled a conspiracy nut or accused of spreading misinformation. Boy, you know these people well, don't you? But this is how they work. It is quite intriguing. There's a little more on East Palestine. Congressman Byron Donald's great post on social media downplaying the concerns of the residents in East Palestine or by comparing it to your ordinary train derailment is disgraceful, unbecoming of a leader responsible for overseeing our nation's transportation system. Amen. And a couple of parody items, one of them from Babylon B. <laughs> I love this. Ilan Omar withdraws support for East Palestine after learning it's in America. Representative Ilan Omar has canceled a planned rally to support the victims of the East Palestine chemical spill after learning East Palestine is actually in America. Oh, East Palestine is just a small town in Ohio? Is that where all the white people live? Said a disappointed Omar to her brother while they were out on a Valentine's Day date. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, this is brutal. Who cares about Ohio? Some trains did something. Who cares? Sources say the planned rally was going to raise funds for the thousands of people who were getting sick and dying after hostile forces burned thousands of gallons of toxic chemicals and poisoned the water for miles around. That sounds like something the evil Zionists would do, said Omar. I was looking forward to leading a death to Israel chant. Bummer. At publishing time, Omar had blamed the train derailment and ensuing ecological disaster on the Jews. Those folks at Babylon B. And Chris has a clever Babylon B idea. Brilliant, Chris. Ohio renames itself Ukraine to receive federal assistance. Wow. That's clever. That's really clever. And I remind you, as we tie these two events together... Half, half a billion more dollars for Ukraine. The president pretty much ignores East Palestine. Goes clear around the world to throw away more of our tax dollars. I remind you again of a saying I heard years ago. Well, I heard it again just this weekend. As I was traveling, I'm going to talk more about that in the next hour. You get on the plane, flight attendant briefing, what do they tell you? If the cabin depressurizes, the masks drop, put on your mask before helping others. Put on your mask before helping others. Can I shout this loud enough to be heard in the nation's capital? Put on your mask before helping others. How about we secure our own border, our own territorial integrity, before focusing on that of Ukraine? 
Put on your mask before helping others. Just saying. This is where we are. I do want to take a moment in the midst of all the crazy things that are happening here in the United States of America to talk about Jimmy Carter. And I remind you again, this is how I approach all of these kinds of things. Certainly more sensitive to this with the loss of my own father. Now going on almost four years ago. Jimmy Carter, the 39th president of the United States, was moved to hospice care on Saturday. I just want to make it very clear. I'm not thinking about Jimmy Carter as even a former president, but as a human being who is really in a countdown to the rest of his life. And it's not going to be long. And I will address him as a human being. A human being who is loved and cared for and appreciated by family and many others. The Carter Center put out a statement after a series of short hospital stays. Former U.S. President Jimmy Carter decided to spend his remaining time at home with his family and receive hospice care instead of additional medical intervention. Carter turned 98 in October, serving as president 77 to 81, the longest-lived former president. He suffered from a series of health challenges in recent years, including surviving cancer, a broken hip, and other recent hospitalizations for a fractured pelvis and a urinary tract infection. It's just enough. I get it. I mentioned my friend Don Atkin was in the same place with his own ailments and just recognized, you know what? It's time to go. And I want to do it at home. And I have the greatest respect for him in that choice. So your prayers, I hope you join me in praying for Jimmy Carter to pass in a way that is um, as peaceful and pain-free as possible. Stay with us. Back on the Vince Coakley Radio Program, this texture says, It's been half my life, 20 minutes from East Palestine. In the end, it would be cheaper to relocate all the residents. They all would be better off. It's a town whose only current value to the residents is the memories it once held. Sad but true. They've suffered enough. This texture saying, I pray the Lord takes Jimmy Carter peacefully. Certainly hope so. Vince, on an earlier show, Mr. Mulvaney, as in Mick Mulvaney, so it is impressive to see how well-planned Biden's trip was to Ukraine. Impressive? The same group couldn't find their way to Ohio. Millions to Ukraine when American citizens in East Palestine are not eligible for disaster relief. I am ashamed of my government that turns its face to the world, but it's back to those it swore to serve and protect. Our leaders are cowards, interested only in promoting their personal power and wealth. What morons we are. 
to have elected them. Never again. I hear you. Fully understand where you're coming from. Where are our priorities, ladies and gentlemen? Coming up in the next hour, I'm going to talk about travels over the weekend. And a couple of major stories. I want to touch on horrendous crime in both states, beginning in Charlotte. This is so heartbreaking. Charlotte Observer reporting on a drive-by shooting in northwest Charlotte. Teenager dead. Teenage boy shot to death. Drive-by shooting. Northwest Charlotte. Gunman drove up to the Ravenhood, Ravenwood Hills Apartments. Four o'clock in the afternoon. Opened fire on a group of people. Officers responded to an assault with a deadly weapon. Called for service in the area. They found a 17-year-old suffering from an apparent gunshot wound. First responders provided medical aid. The teen later transported to the hospital where he was pronounced dead. Early reports indicating this was not random, according to CMPD. So far, no possible suspects identified. The investigation ongoing. It's also sad, I think I saved this and kept this up on screen, It's also sad to me again when I see what's happening again this year. What is this, February 20th? And there's a list of homicides. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I believe I see here thus far. And they range in age from 18 up to 50. 18 to 50. Most of them are younger. And the other thing that stands out here should be no surprise. Here there are 10 killings. 8 out of 10 are black. Two of them are Hispanic. When is this going to reach a crisis level, is my question. When will we get there? Do black lives really matter? That's a question we need to raise here. What's the solution to this? I have some ideas and at some point hope to address these kinds of things. Somehow this carnage needs to be addressed. Did you hear about what happened in another community, Irmo, South Carolina? A woman shot to death there in a grocery store parking lot after an altercation with a stranger on Valentine's Day. Tyler Boris and his wife, Alexandria, loading groceries into her car at the Kroger got into an argument with a woman she didn't know. The argument was over the stranger, later identified by Irmo police, 23-year-old Christina Harrison, pulled out a gun, shot Boris in the back. 
couple's two children, two-year-old and an infant, were in the car when she was shot. This is crazy. Pronounced dead on the scene. After talking with witnesses, viewing surveillance footage, Irmo police say investigators learned the two women didn't know each other. They were involved in a verbal altercation before the shooting. Not sure what this argument was about. Tempers flared. Someone let anger get the best of them. One rash decision impacted the lives of two families and countless others who witnessed this tragedy. Senseless, the only word I can think of to describe what happened today. That from the Irmo police chief, Bobby Dale. This is sad. It's crazy. Christina Harrison, 23 years old, charged with murder. Absolutely crazy. One of the things that needs to be taught, conflict resolution, de-escalation. These are very important skills. Folks, these can save your life. And somehow, these kinds of skills need to reach the folks who need these skills the most. Coming up, hour number two. Stay with us. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. From the heart of the Carolinas, challenging the smug, misinformed arrogance of the left. The trouble with our liberal friends is not that they're ignorant. It's just that they know so much that isn't so. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Hour number two of our broadcast. Over the text line addressing what we discussed thus far. Vince, it's clear Americans are on the back burner with this administration. Many of our politicians, all this attention focused on Ukraine, and yet we have so many people here suffering. Instead of sending more and more money over there, why don't we send our politicians over there since they love them so much? Jeff? They don't want people like this. I mean, let's get real. I know there are concerns about corruption over there. But heck, is the corruption over there any worse than it is here? That's one of the things that amuses me when I hear people talk, Well, I don't care about Ukraine. They're corrupt. (laughs) Hello? Have you looked in the mirror lately? Bottom line is, think about it. Would, Would you rather have Volodymyr... Zelensky as your president or Joe Biden? I'm just being honest with you. I know what I would choose. A courageous man who's staying in his capital? This guy probably has a target on his back. And I have more respect for him and how he is engaging his own country and his own people. Then not just the president, but many of the Democrats and Republicans in this country. So I'm very clear. So people recognize this is not partisan. It's not. Jeff writes in, let's not forget Friday was two years ago. We lost the king of conservative talk radio, Rush Limbaugh. 
I miss him every day. But he blazed, blazed a huge trail for the rest of us. Rest in peace, Rush. Amen to that. Also on the text line, Vince, the main problem in the black community, no fathers in the house. A lot of them in prison for marijuana, cocaine use, a felony. And adding about the time. Both are Schedule 1 drugs. Oxycodone, fentanyl, more deadly, but are often used by the white community. Schedule 2 drug, a misdemeanor. Difference 10 to 1 in prison time for the first offense. Pretty sad. Across the board. I want to share... uh, personal item with you and lead into an update on what is taking place in Kentucky including a surprising development that I just learned about this morning first the personal item Friday after this program I got a call from my sister I was a little concerned because just had an uncle passed away last week had a an aunt who had pneumonia and COVID. Fortunately, she's in rehab right now, recovering. But this call from my sister was about my mother. She, as we've now learned, suffered a minor stroke. I immediately rushed and made it on the next flight available at about 4.17 in the afternoon And got to spend some time with her on Friday evening. She uh, is doing better. They are giving her medications to treat the conditions, underlying conditions they believe are involved here. Uh, Otherwise, she seems very alert. I was very relieved when I saw her, how alert she was. But she's doing pretty well, and some rehab may be likely in this situation. I'm waiting to get word this morning, an update on her condition. But I would appreciate your prayers for her. I think I've mentioned to you before, she's all of 91 years old. So we're very thankful to still have her around. Um, So appreciate my sister, who has just provided so much care for my mom. She also lives in Kentucky, just 30 minutes away. And uh, that is just reassuring to have her close by. But I was explaining to someone the other day, my visits there are not just for my mom, but they're also for my sister. And I appreciate um, the primary role that she has in providing and taking care of my mom. I don't know why I think I should say something about this, but I should. I I hope you're all looking out for your parents and care for them and love them and are intentional about spending time with them while they're here. While they are here. Very important. I mentioned to you just Friday, was it not on Friday's program, that I had some curiosity to visit Wilmore, Kentucky to see what's going on there did not have time to do so this time and if you want to talk about oddly enough the friend's place where i normally stay near the airport about 15 minutes away 
here I leave the hospital past visiting hours on Friday. And so I'm ready to come back on Saturday early in the morning. And I get to my friend's house and guess what? He is sick. Apparently some juice that he had um, may have gone bad or something. This guy was sick as a dog. So I went, <laughs> I was like this uh, what else could happen <laughs> in the amount of time that I'm here? Short stay that it is. Interestingly enough, on Saturday morning, I got to the airport and I noticed something interesting as I was dropping off my rental car. I looked up and saw some familiar faces. And I found it quite intriguing because I thought, wait a second, I just saw you guys yesterday on my flight to Lexington from Charlotte. Turns out these are guys from Dallas, Texas, Dallas, Fort Worth area, who decided to visit Wilmore. In fact, the lady, the rental car agency, said they have seen a real uptick in car rentals because a lot of people are not only coming from out of the country, um, but, uh, you know, out of other states, come they're coming from everywhere and converging on Lexington for uh, uh, the short trip up to Wilmore. So I was very curious, since I did not have the time to go to Wilmore, I thought it would the next best thing would be to have a conversation with someone who was there. Uh, coming up on the broadcast, you will hear that short conversation before uh, this person, who is a youth pastor, got on a flight to Dallas. Um, so that is coming up. Also, we're gonna we've got that news for you, reported by the Washington Post. It seems that this event that seems to be underway, divinely driven, divinely started, um, may be coming to an end. A planned ending, which unfortunately does not. Um, I'll just talk about it after the break. As we get our Monday rolling here in the Vince Coakley radio program. Stay with us. on the Vince Coakley radio program a few minutes ago I mentioned to you that some uh, a group of guys probably three or four who were on the plane from Charlotte to Lexington on Friday I saw them Saturday morning and engaged in the conversation realized they had gone to Asbury had just a couple of minutes to talk with one of the gentlemen. His name is David Fish. I understand he is a youth and worship pastor in Fort Worth, Texas. And I just had a couple of minutes to talk with him before he boarded. Here are his comments about what is going on in Asbury. Listen up. About two weeks ago, there was a prayer meeting uh, at Asbury University. And, you know, here, two weeks, uh, the prayer meeting still hasn't stopped. So they kept going 24 hours a day, uh, seven days a week. Um, so when we showed up, there was 
a line of people down the block um, and really people are there to encounter God and uh, they're coming from all over the country all over the world sat next to a man from Indonesia flew here from Indonesia uh, to go to Wilmore Kentucky so to me that tells me it's uh, happening that's why people are coming tell me what you experienced there well uh, a lot of prayer a lot of worship, uh, a lot of people focused uh, on Jesus, and that's really what the whole movement's about. And uh, to me, that's that's the most beautiful part about it. It wasn't about people. It wasn't about Asbury University. It wasn't about selling a brand or uh, or a product or anything like that. Um, it was about believers coming together, worshiping Jesus, focusing on Him, um, and leaving refreshed and changed. What do you hope will be the impact here? My hope for is for long-term impact to somebody who believes in Jesus is that uh, this would be, bring revival into our country. I believe this this country needs uh, Jesus more than ever before, um, and I think that's what uh, the Asbury revival is all about: bringing us back to that, bringing us back to that focus. Ish again, Fort Worth, Texas, and those are his observations after spending some time at Asbury. I'll have much more to say about this matter tomorrow for Transformation Tuesday. But I do need to tell you some important news on this front reported by the Washington Post. Here's their headline. Non-stop worship service in Kentucky College set to end after attracting thousands. After almost two work, two weeks of 24-hour worship, a revival at Asbury University in Wilmore, Kentucky will end according to the school, with the last public evening service set for Sunday. Thousands have traveled to the university's chapel to take part in what is called the Asbury Revival, started after morning service February 8th. Word quickly spread after worshipers shared videos on TikTok and Instagram showing people praying with their hands extended above them, folding hands with strangers, and crying to to worship music. The revival of the Christian school, which has fewer than 1,700 students and is located about a half hour outside of Lexington, drew national and international attention, attracting groups of students from at least 22 colleges and universities to its campus, even gaining the support of former Vice President Mike Pence, who tweeted his support of the movement. Are you ready for this? The university now saying the crowds became too much. Students have not only had to juggle various campus commitments, but also the throngs of people who have entered the dimensions of their space, according to the university's president, Kevin J. Brown. For some, this has created a sense of being unsettled and even alienation from their campus community. Public worshiping will continue in the afternoons through Wednesday. Along with the new schedule, we're working with several groups to increase security, prayer and ministry support, event management, and overall logistical planning. The school will no longer live stream or or broadcast anything from indoors and will search bags before people enter Hughes Memorial Auditorium, which was named for John Wesley Hughes, the founder of Asbury. The capacity there is 1,500. So that's the plan. They're going to wind down this thing. This is different. I I don't remember a time where something like this has been 
ended in such a fashion. Um, I'd love to know your thoughts on this. But this is set for last public evening service on Sunday. And one of my questions is, is this, if something is a work of God, if God is at work causing something to happen supernaturally beyond its normal time slot, would it not follow that he would be the one who would end this? I just find this quite mystifying. But again, I would love to get your perspective on this because I found a lot of people have paid attention to this. I'm going to continue with more sections from the the article I started sharing with you. This article by Tim Keller talking about the substantive revival that people like myself are looking for. We will probably continue that tomorrow. We've kind of we've kind of taken our time going through this because there is a whole lot in there to digest. I also had the opportunity to connect with a good friend of mine, Lauren Ross, over the weekend. He's a former youth pastor as well. And um probably going to share those additional thoughts on tomorrow's broadcast. I I just don't want to short-circuit something that will probably deserve some time. On the humorous side, because I don't have a problem with humor. I really don't. I think one of the worst things that can happen to us is we take ourselves way too seriously. Like, I don't mind when I watch shows and they make fun of church and preachers and, you know, I'm not talking about being nasty and disgusting. I'm talking about just having, poking fun at some of the silly things we do. Or just the extreme things that some people do. George, who I used to work with at a radio station in Kentucky, posted this. Asbury University, the site of the now 11-day revival, says it will no longer allow people to worship at Hughes Auditorium 24 hours a day. Apparently, they've run out of snakes. (laughs) I have to admit, I thought that was pretty funny. It's funny. It's a little poke, not only at religion, but also at Kentucky, my former home state. (laughs) Stay with us. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. <laughs> This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. If you'd like to join the conversation, call Vince on the GS Plumbing Talk Line at 800-928-1110. That's 800-928-1110. Or text the Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line at 71307. Now, back to Vince. 
appreciate this texture in the upstate praying there's no one like mom so appreciate that Vince I'm taking care of my mom my oldest brother and working a full-time job it gets frustrating sometimes but I quickly remind myself thank God they're still here my best friend helps me out taking them to doctor's appointments I thank God for him praying for your mom's speedy recovery Chris out of Shelby. Thank you, Chris. Also on the text line, why is Brandon in Ukraine and not Ohio right now? What is your answer to that question? Another person responding to the Washington Post story about the so-called revival coming to an end on Sunday. This person saying it's moving us off campus. It is not ending. We have this person in the upstate saying it's a false revival started by gay and lesbian members of that college. Dig deeper into the TikTok aspect. Hmm. Another person adding they're putting an end to this false revival. Perhaps a real revival will spring up from this deception. Okay. Another person saying, from the upstate, some in Israel tried to squash the revival with the the revival with the apostles at Pentecost. It actually spread. Of course, it sounds strange. They're scheduling to end the revival. Vince, if you look into revivals, they've been planned over the years. I have no doubt God's working in people there. But the school has a history of planned revivals. Think about it. And we have some pretty cynical people here. <laughs> we. We're discussing cynicism last week. But how about this message about this coming to an end? That religious thing is interfering with the religious college making money. Got to keep your priorities straight in this capitalistic society. Wow. Hmm. On the president's visit to Ukraine, this is probably the funniest one I've seen today. It appears that Joe had to go to Ukraine to pick up his payment in person. Oh, gosh. And this one looks like Biden's boss wanted him to personally deliver those pallets of cash. Wow. That is brutal. From Jeff, prayers for your mom and for continued strength. I wholeheartedly agree with you on spending time with your parents. That's why I try and spend as much time with my mother that I can. That's why I'm heading out of state soon to see my dad. You just never know. That is from Jeff. Oh my goodness, someone with a rhyme. Hickory dickory dock. Biden's as dumb as a rock. We'll get World War Three under his regime. If he isn't put to a stop. Gosh. How much time did he spend on that one? Just curious. What is our current economic situation? This is pretty interesting, too, when you think about the money that's simply being handed to countries like Ukraine. What's really going on here? What's really going on? What is the real state of America and Americans? How are we doing? How are you doing? What's the economic situation for you at home?
because we've heard all kinds of stories. All kinds of stories. And I very much want to hear from you as to how you were affected by the increased prices of things, the inflation we're all dealing with. These are very real challenges, folks. Very real challenges. NBC News reporting, high-income earners are moving back into their childhood bedrooms and putting off vacations as inflation drags on. Now, a lot of you would get, you know, the person who's struggling, maybe they don't have a job, they've lost a job, and they need to go back home to move in with their parents, these are high-income people. An increasing percentage of workers considered to be high-income earners now say they live paycheck to paycheck. According to a recent survey by the banking firm Lending Club and the Payments News website, 64% of a representative sample of nearly 4,000 U.S. consumers now say they are just getting by. That's an increase from 61% the previous year. It's going the wrong way. Among the new cohort of people who say they're newly living paycheck to paycheck. Get a load of this number. I found this staggering. 86% pull in more than $100,000 annually. 86%. Given that the median household income, 70784 the survey shows the soaring cost of living in America is catching up to even more well-off U.S. residents. The effects of inflation eating into every American's wallet. As the Fed's efforts to curb inflation drive up the cost of debt, we're seeing near record numbers of Americans living paycheck to paycheck. Since 1976, the percentage of respondents to a Gallup survey who said their finances were worse off than they were a year ago has been over 20% except for one year, 1999. And the percentage of people saying their finances were better than they were a year ago has never surpassed 60%. But this year, the percentage saying their finances were worse than they were a year ago hit 50%. This is the highest since the Great Recession. It has been rare, rare, for half or more of Americans to say they are worse off. More Americans than ever say they're feeling their wallets pinched, even those who are more financially comfortable. They give an example of Devin Parker, a Marine veteran who deployed to Iraq now works as a logistics supervisor at Agco, an agricultural firm in Maryland. With his disability benefits included, Parker earns $102,000 annually. But as his expenses accelerated last year, he decided to radically transform his lifestyle. He moved back into his childhood bedroom in his grandmother's home with his eight-year-old daughter in tow. He said there's been a whole lot of humility. I would imagine so. Other changes include almost never going out to eat. Most everything is cooked from home now. Parker's been investing and said he managed to earn about $15,000 over the past two months from an initial investment of $2,000 and by investing $500 from his paycheck every two weeks. 
into his employer stock as well as some index funds. But again, this guy moved in with his grandparents, his grandmother's home. It's time to focus on America, don't you think? And our own neighborhoods and our communities. And less time and interest and focus on foreign lands. No matter how dire the need. Stay with us. Back on Vince Coakley Radio Program. Let's go out to a call from Jerry in Charlotte. Good morning, Jerry. Good morning. How are you? All right, sir. I'm calling in because you're asking the people how they're doing with all this inflation. I drive Uber for a living. Uber's taking anywhere between 50 to 65% of all the fares. I'm having to drive almost 12 hours a day, plus take care of my kids. I get about four or five hours of sleep. I can hardly afford groceries. We're not doing good right now. Oh, boy. It's, uh, how long has this been going on for you? Uber started changing their fares right around December of last year. Okay. Where we used to be making about 40 or 65%, and now we're upside down. Hmm, man. And that's pretty challenging when you talk about the, the cost of gas and also the maintenance on your car. It's a lot. It's a whole lot. The average repair cost is about $1,000. If you can get an appointment, sometimes it takes two weeks. Yeah, and you can't do without your car that period of time, right? No. Can't afford to. Nope. Yep, I fully understand what you're... Less than 10% of people tip. Yeah. Oh, is it that bad? Less than 10%? Oh, my goodness. And I hate to say it, the bigger the house, the smaller the tip. You know, I have to tell you, Jerry, that does not surprise me at all. Not in the least bit. Um, nope. Well, Jerry, I wish you the best, and I hope things somehow improve for you out there. This atmosphere is better. And let me just say to you, if you use Uber or Lyft, come on, folks. We can do better than this. We need to tip folks like Jerry. Tips. You know, is it really that difficult? to throw in a couple of dollars, you know? Wow. And isn't it interesting what he said? The bigger the house, the smaller the tip. I will let that just stand on its own. At least that's his experience, huh? Time for us to take a look at the day in history. Chris, how are you doing today? Doing very well, thank you. Although I'm feeling a little guilty for not tipping as much as I used to. Yeah, and and why is that for you? I'm just asking, honestly. Because no one carries cash. Ah, exactly. I hear you. It's, It's challenging in that area, isn't it? Well, when you check out at a restaurant... You can add a tip when you pay with your credit card. Yes. Have that at Starbucks. Have that at the cash register. There are tips I would give if I had any cash or if there was a line on it. If there was a line for it on the machine, yeah. But there's uh, guys getting less tips because people aren't carrying cash, not because the service is worse. 
Right. It's something to think about for sure. Start that up. Great idea. By the way, for Uber and Lyft, um, I want to make very clear, you do have a place to do that for those services. So there's no excuse. It's on there because I use the service and uh, there is that option. Very quickly go through the day in history. 1703 was the year the Mount Gay Estate started distilling this. In fact, it's the oldest distillery for this in the world. It's not a drink I'm, I'm sure I've ever had before. Mount Gay Estates? Yeah, 1703. <sighs> Zima? It's actually rum. Okay. Do you drink rum? Mm, not not that I recall. I mean, I get, <laughs> I'll put it this way. It could get late and later and later, and then who knows? Maybe I've had some rum. <laughs> I hear where you're coming it's possible. from. possible. 1792, George Washington established this as a cabinet post. Interestingly enough, they're not operating today. It's a national holiday. What is this particular agency? Uh, The post office? The post office is absolutely correct. 1939, boy, this is a weird year. It wasn't just in Germany. 20,000 Americans held a rally for this party in Madison Square Garden. I didn't know this. What party was this? The Nazi party. 20,000 Americans. That's Uh, insane. It was quite the picture. Oh, my goodness. 1962, this man, we lost him, I think, not long ago, orbited the Earth, the first American to do so. Who was it who did this? First guy to go around the world. This was just orbiting the Earth, died in 2016, and was also, uh, later on, a politician. Oh, uh, uh, John Glenn. John Glenn. I knew you knew this one. Well, there's knowing this stuff, and then there's being able to remember it in five seconds. I know. Before lunch, you know. Exactly. Um, 1985, Ireland allowed the sale of this, kind of unusual in a predominantly Catholic country. Uh, what did they allow the sale of beginning in 1985? Prophylactics? Contraceptives. We'll let you have that one for sure. And oh, then in you. 1998, 15-year-old Tara Lipinski, the youngest woman to win Olympic gold in figure skating, and that happened in Nagano, Japan, 1998. Can you believe that has been 25 years ago? Time going by so so quickly as is the time for this broadcast it has come to an end we so appreciate your presence here daily lord willing we're back tomorrow at the same time transformation tuesday and all of the day's news in the meantime have yourselves a great day be safe and god bless you adios this is the vince coakley radio program